to your word a little bit, God, I pray that you would bless the rest of our service. We love you, and we pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. I didn't say anything about it. Good morning again. I didn't say anything about it earlier because um, I'm going to talk about it now. Um, it is Sanctity of Life Sunday, and I just to give you, you know, I'm not the new guy anymore. <laughs> um, but just to give you a little picture of my approach to this sort of thing. Uh, Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, you know? So if something comes up, it might, this seemed appropriate. We haven't really done it for a while. And so uh, I just wanted to mention that, yeah, I'm not anti, you know, days of prayer or Sanctity of Life Sunday or acknowledging whatever. So just don't do it every year. That's just not my style, okay? Um, and today I, I will already tell you um, uh, something like this. Don't be too disappointed. This isn't going to be the most, most earth-shattering, moving Sanctity of Life Sunday you're ever going to have. I'll just confess, you know, but it, I think it's an important conversation to have, duh. And so we're going to have it, and we're going to keep it uh, even keel, and we're going to keep it kind. Um, and uh, I, I do want to tell you that what exacerbated this, what made us think of, you know, it comes up and then we make some, I make some decisions about, well, are we going to want, you know, uh, we do have a relationship with Open Door. That's the uh, Pregnancy Resource Center in Hutchinson. Yes, you all know this. Uh, they've got, it's already, I, man, time, you guys. Um, the very, very, had a super great visit with Neely, the old, the previous director, and Tom Eichstee in our church is on the board of Open Door. Are you, everybody with me still? You're like, what are you talking about? Just give me some nods that you know what we're, okay. So we have a relationship with Open Door. I have reached out, it, it's just, didn't have my act together because I'm awesome. We will have the new director whose name is Christy. We will have her come later on in the spring, okay? So uh, I'm not dissing uh, the pregnancy center in our area that does marvelous work. Uh, but we will catch up with them, and I'll just give you the heads up. Uh, I've told her, uh, email, um, that we will do a baby bottle campaign, so we will do that when she comes. Everybody with me so far? Okay, so we'll get to Open Door and all those things. They're we want to partner with them, and there we go. But uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about life, <laughs> you know, and these, uh, this is really not uh, like a sermon proper, it is, but <laughs> I mean, so I threw some important passages that we're going to look at, but it's not going to be that sort of, uh, we're talking about life, and it might seem strange to a lot of us that we even have to talk about, why do we have to talk about, life? I mean, life, it's like everything, the big thing, I mean, my goodness, right, and um, um, so let's talk about it. And even though it seems strange to us who follow Jesus, who are God, God followers, uh, it seems strange, but we should talk about life because of the way our culture and our world and all that has really skewed a lot of views of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, 
let's come out of the box with the right things. The reason we talk about life is because God is in the middle of it. God is all about life. He's the author of life. And all God's people said, duh. Right? So we go all the way back to the beginning, and we, look, this is mind-blowing stuff if you let yourself go, right? But here was God existing before all time, poosh, you know, whatever, and he decides, I'm going to create. And ultimately, he creates life, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I wish I could manipulate scripture to say, and God said, let there be life instead of light, but okay, so he started with light and planets, you know, just the little stuff, the whole universe, and then, he, and then he creates life, so we have to acknowledge it's important for us as God followers to have, you know, to understand how important life is, God's saying, this is, I'm all about life, now, uh, early on here, it should, it should be important for us to make it clear, as we're going to go here in a second, we can talk about microbes, and all of you science-y people in here, forgive me, that's all I'm going to say that's even close to science-y, but we can talk about microbes and cells, and we can talk about plant life, and or, you know, then uh, uh, animal life, whatever. Look, uh, we're mostly talking <laughs> today about human life, okay? And so all the carnivores in the room are going, oh, whew, you know, because I like a good steak, <laughs> and so um, that's different, Plants are different, right? Uh, God is still the author of all that. But what we're talking about, the important life is what? Human life. Okay? Everybody with me? Okay, everybody shake your head, relax. We're going to just be, you know, we're, we're good today. No, it's all good. And so uh, where we want to start this is going to go all the way back to the beginning. And what, you, what I want you to see is how this went back in Genesis. So, we're talking about life, human life specifically, and how significant, important that is. And, and here's what, uh, you know, first chapter of the Bible, God said, let us make, let us make, not let it happen uh, naturally, you know, whatever, let, no, God said, I'm creating life, right? So, let's just, uh, preaching to the choir here, that's the thing about today, I'm not really going to say anything that we don't generally all agree on. If, and, and uh, you know, if something comes up, we'll deal with it. But, but that's why this is... It's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish, the birds, livestock, wild animals, all that other life, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And then it goes on. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So here's the thing to catch. Besides the idea that God is the author and creator and designer of life, when it comes to human life, what, what do you see that's significant about this? He created mankind, humans, in his image. What does that mean? <laughs> right? So, I happened to look into that this week. Because <laughs> a lot of us might think we know what that means. But here's the idea that a lot of us will talk about. Image, uh, 
we talk about the, you know, uh, a cow can't reason. A cow doesn't really create things. I just said cow because I said meat before. You all with me? Okay, yeah. You know, whatever other animals, there's a creativity, there's a rationality, there's a cognitive thinking. Some can argue that the image part is the fact that humans have a soul. And I'm not refuting any of that. I think that's the right conversation to have. I also concede that we might not know all exactly what it means to be in God's image. Do we think God has, you know, uh, a body like ours? I don't know. You can do whatever, you know, whatever. You, so it's probably not the most significant thing to worry about physical stuff and what God, you know, in God's a spirit, right? So, but rationality, being able to, to be relational, that's a huge part of being in God's image because he created us for relationship, right? Uh, whatever else we could do a longer study on, God created for some reason and he created us for his sake you know, uh, he created us, right? So uh, relational, you know, cognitive uh, 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 reason, having a soul, that's all. The other part I, I found this week that was fun is that in some ways we need to understand that image means we're also God's representatives on the, on, in the world he created. So apparently, smarter guys than me, <laughs> haven't said that for a while, uh, can tell you some history, and they say these ancient rulers, when they had big kingdoms, they know that they can't be everywhere at once, so they would put up images in all the states and regions and areas, and that would let you know that this is my kingdom for that ruler. So there's a similarity here for God to say, you are all my image on the earth that you are supposed to, if I went back one, that we are supposed to subdue. We're going to rule over the fish, the birds, and all the, you know, so that, so there's, it's a mix of all this in my estimation what image means. So it is rationale, relationship, soul, and all that, but also we are God's representatives and here's the, simple, here's the simple thing I would say about this. God is telling us we're kind of a big deal. We're kind of a big deal because he created us for purpose. He created us for intention. He did create us for relationship with him and each other. But that's the idea that we are created in his image. And then I don't want to forget when we talk about life and God being the author of it, let's not forget what Jesus said. We, it's, it's ironic how this comes up. We've already talked about uh, John 10.10 10 a couple of times since December, but it's important for us to catch in this. So Jesus is making a reference to shepherds and, and what, what is a real shepherd and, and what it looks like for, and he says, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. Have it to the best ever. Okay. What does that tell you? That God is interested in us having our best life. Okay? Now, uh, you're, you're thinking I'm deflecting off of like the issues that usually come up with sanctity of life. No, I'm not. I'm going to get there. But this is important for us to catch. Yes? If we talk about sanctity of life, it's all of life. And that God is interested, Jesus says, I'm interested in you having life and having the best life you can. And, and, and again, longer study perhaps, not just after this life passes, you know, because 
you got to love this if you've ever been to funerals I've done. I say this not, maybe not every time, but it's so important for us to understand. And I think, oh, I can't remember who's, who's really the guy behind it. I might get it in a minute. But this idea that when you trust Jesus and you pass out of this life, you're actually more alive than ever. We have to be about that. The sanctity of life, not just the however many years that this body's going to be. Life is eternal with Jesus when you trust him. And all. Okay, so are we communicating church? Okay, so we have to understand that as a background. Now, if, if we're, uh, you know, no, so, so to, to the issue, don't, I don't want to skirt it or avoid it. Uh, if we, you know, we say, well, if we talk about life and God is, oh, I could go back to that screen pretty easy, I'll bet. Let's see how smart I am. So we've said God is all about life. He's the author of life. It, it, it seems important, apparently, in the discussion then to say, okay, 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 okay. <sighs> then when does life begin? That seems to be part of the issue, Right? Remember, I, I told you you'd be disappointed, <laughs> but we're going to have this discussion because it's important for us to understand. Now, again, uh, we have heard uh, in a room full of, um, I think, very largely like-minded people. Uh, and again, I want to say, I'm not going to show you some pictures. There are places to do that, and I'm fine with that, but I'm not going to show pictures and argue about development at one week and how you can see the little feet and all that. That's, I'm not going to do that. I, it's not bad stuff, but I'm not going to do it today. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remind you what Cindy already set us up for. Here's what it is, and, and thank you. Uh, well, I'm going to start with Psalm 51 first. If you want to answer when life begins, look what the psalmist said. I was sinful at birth from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. So uh, as, as people that follow God's word, it's pretty easy to see there's something going on before baby comes out of mom, Okay. Look, it seems to be pretty clear that even before birth, there's stuff going on in the womb. I, I just, that's just clear to me. And the one that is um, so <laughs> important for us to catch, because we've already said, God is the maker, the designer, the guy behind it. Look what the psalmist said. You created, that's important to understand, my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Uh, this is marvelous. And look, uh, again, we're not having a debate here. The pastor can say whatever he wants, even on the internet, you know. And so what we're saying is God is the author and designer of life. It seems to start in the womb and at conception and look how wonderful that is and i would argue with if i wanted to show you some of those pictures there's even a scientific part of this oh i'm not going to risk that again you sciencey people but science is definitely not not on our side on that deal does that make sense so look, you could, I think there's some sciencey things when you see the little feet and you talk about heartbeats at however many weeks and all this boy i think that's life I really do. Okay. So I just wanted to make it clear. I don't, I've never had conversations with any of you, but on Sanctity of Life Sunday, I want to say, look, I, I absolutely, this is where I'm at. It's where our conference is at. I think it's where most of you are at. Life begins at conception. 
Okay? Okay. Uh, now, uh, there were a lot of options I had. So I found a video from a, from a ministry I don't know anything about. But I want to play this video, and it will start pointing us in another direction for the rest of our time together. And I just want you to check this out, and you can check them out after the end of it. But this is, I just got this on the internet. I think this video helps us understand a bit of the conflict that goes on today. So Mark, I'm going to try this. Let's see what happens. Hey, there we go. Life. It's precious. It's beautiful. God's offer for life is that he came to give it and give it abundantly. Today, there are two views of life constantly at battle with one another. First, the sanctity of life view, which says that all life is declared to be good by God's own standard. Every life is God-breathed, God-ordained. We are all image bearers. Every human being is endowed with dignity and worth. Though we may be broken or damaged, we all reflect him. We reason, we love, we are protective, creative. Every one of us bears his image and should be treated with the utmost of respect and value. The other view that is at war for our minds and our affections is the quality of life. The quality of life says that your size, your development, your beauty, your burden on society is what is determining your value or whether you should live or die. We believe this is wrong because it is God who determines our value and our purpose. We grieve over the lives lost and we say, no more, no more. Join us in protecting life. Join us in celebrating life because every life matters. So, pretty good, huh? For a minute and a half. Tells us the argument pretty good that as a follower of Jesus, as a God, God follower, we say, all life deserves respect and dignity. The other side says, it, no, it depends on, you know, it's only got to be like good life. You with me? Yeah, that's, that seems to be the rub. And, and we absolutely want to stand against that, but we would have to ask ourselves then, how do we navigate all this? Now, uh, again for the eighth time today. I'm not really trying to be hot buttony or push political, you know, uh, whatevers. It's just important for us to now and then talk about it. So I think we would all admit overturning Roe v. Wade has been a mixed bag. Fair enough? At least with the uh, results. And we had a, an election even here in Kansas that a lot of us are like, wow, I'm surprised. I thought here that, you know, and okay, we just know it's a thing. And so if we navigate this, we need to just remind ourselves as a, a congregation that wants to honor God and follow Jesus, uh, we are about life. We are about life. And we're not, uh, you know, um, <laughs> we're not not about life. And so I've come up with, I don't know, about four different things that I think are important for us to keep in mind as we do navigate this, okay? These are all from me. Um, Write me an email if you want. Have a conversation with me. I'm still, I don't really think I'm going to uh, do anything that's going to be too exciting for anybody, but it's important for us to catch. So 
As we navigate this whole issue, I would say as Jesus followers, we have to keep these things in mind. First of all, we have to keep in mind truth. See, here's what our culture and social media have done. <laughs> we don't always know what's exactly true. You see, take something like elections being stolen. I know, I know, and some of you have views that maybe we don't agree, and that's fine, but we have to be concerned about truth. And so in all of these extreme things, you're going to hear these stories that want to rile up your emotions and get you fired up, and so you're going to hear about terrible stories of babies being ground up. Look, we have to be about truth, and we have to be rational about it because we're representing God here. Did you hear me, church? You can't be swayed by extremist stories that you don't know are true or not. Now, I'm not saying terrible things happen, of course, but we need to be about truth. So that would be the foundation for me. Understand what's really going on, understand what really the issues are, and we need to be godly, rational about them. Okay? So let's be about truth and not extremes. Now, uh, I did see something that I... I think is truth, one of the resources I found this week, um, when you're having conversations about this, I don't know if you do, again, rational calm, that's going to come up in a minute, <laughs> but when you're having conversations, I think it's an interesting thing to remind people, uh, one of the arguments for a more pro-choice sort of approach is, well, it's the woman's body and it's her right or whatever. I'd never thought of this exactly like this, but the reality is her body and the baby are actually quite separate pretty early, right? And so to say, well, it's my body, nope, you know what? It's the baby's. So that's interesting truth that I think is worth brewing. Are you with me? So I had not really actually thought of that, that they're separate. Huh. So you can think you're sticking up for yourself, but what about the one in there? And I'm a male, so there will never be one in there. Thank you. Just have to ease up the, you know, make sure we're not too. Okay, the second thing. So we got to be about truth and accurate truth, real truth. Second thing is we need to have a consistent, comprehensive view. So uh, as I understand it and what I've heard about this issue as Roe v. Wade was turned, uh, overturned and things were kind of let loose and, and whatever else, uh, one of the complaints about, against evangelicals who stand up for pro-life stuff is that they would say, well, you guys are just pro-birth. You don't really get it that all these young people that are suffering, the foster care system is a mess, and there are suffering kids of all sorts, you know? So we have to have a consistent, comprehensive uh, view, which is why I wanted to start where I started. So it isn't just about getting babies out of the womb. It has to be a comprehensive, whole life sort of view of being pro-life. Are you with me? And so as followers of Jesus, we need to be about alleviating suffering, helping the poor and homeless and whatever, clothing the naked and all that. We have to be about that to have a consistent view. Um, you know, uh, it is bad reasoning. Let's be clear. When it comes to that, if we want to have a holistic view, we could argue with somebody who says, well, you know, foster care, suffering kids, hungry kids, and all that, it, it, the answer is to kill babies? No, that, that is logically fallacious. 
it doesn't hold, it's not rational. It, it, and it doesn't, the dots don't connect. And so you can say that doesn't make sense, but we also can't neglect being that comprehensive sort of um, uh, pro-life view. Everybody with me on that? So I think that's important for us to understand. When you talk about sanctity of life, it isn't just getting babies out. It's all of life and, and knowing what that involves. Now, here's the thing. This is probably the most important one in my heart. When you're dealing with this subject, we have to be compassionate, kind, and gentle, and so many other ad, uh, adjectives that we could put on that. Look, I think I've said this before, but let me make my position clear, and I hope a lot of us share this. It isn't shouting louder, it isn't waving our fists harder, and it isn't doing the more extreme things that's going to win any argument with any uh, real depth. Right? We have to, you know, uh, just because we're yelling the loudest doesn't mean, <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything. It usually means you're desperate and don't know what else to do. So we have to be rational, but we have to be compassionate, kind, and gentle. Um, perhaps the most extreme thing I'll say today. Statistics say that somebody in this room thought about or had an abortion. I don't know. Here's I'm going to tell you. Gosh, if you're a woman who has had to deal with that, God loves you, and he will never leave you. <laughs> and we have to remember that. It doesn't do any good to yell at somebody. It doesn't do any good to tell them how evil they're being because they're killing babies. We have to be rational, compassionate, kind, and gentle. Do we need to stand against this? Of course. But I want to say... God is interested in reconciliation and there is nothing that's unforgivable. We're just all glad that all of our sins that are pretty bad don't get <laughs> displayed in public, aren't we? Anyway. So, must be compassionate, kind, and gentle. Every which way. And finally, here's the thing that is most important, right? However we navigate this, the point has to be, I know this is going to be hard to hear, but it's not really about saving lives, it's about pointing people to Jesus. Okay, we're splitting hairs, we do want to save lives, but it's about pointing people to Jesus, right? Yes. However that looks. And every situation has to be different, but as long as we also remember compassion, kindness, gentleness, seeking God's uh, wisdom in anybody we would come across... We want to point them to Jesus. And I'll tell you, if you've ever walked with somebody who's considering or has had an abortion, it'll change you. And some of you that know our story know why I'm emotional. <laughs> anyway. All right, here's the deal. We can't focus on issues, we have to focus on Jesus. Stand for the right things. Sanctity of life is an important thing for us to talk about now and then. But here's what I want to say. A complete, 
a complete view and approach to being pro-life or being honoring the sanctity of life, you understand that the abundant life that Jesus wants from us, for us, that Jesus wants for us, is not, it doesn't, it isn't mired down and distracted by anxiety or depression or anger or fear, but it's rooted in the joy and the hope and the love that we need to reflect in our following Jesus. Amen. That's what it means to honor sanctity of life. So I don't know what it looks like in your world, and you may never come across somebody that you want to deal with this. Like I say, I'm, I'm happy to invite the director of Open Door here in a couple months, and we can hear her perspective on what they're doing in our, in our area. And if this comes up, my encouragement would be just remember those things to keep in mind, and maybe you can point somebody to Jesus, and maybe they'll make the right decision. Let's pray. God, thanks for being with us today. Thank you that you are the author and the designer of life. And God, we want to be a people who are about life every which way. Help us know how we can also take care of uh, little ones after they're born as a community, as individuals, as a people, whatever that looks like. And God, we pray for anyone who may be struggling with the very particulars of a new baby in their world. God, I pray that you would just bless them and let them see clearly when they make decisions. So God, we honor, we honor you as we honor life and we're so thankful for it. God, as we go from this place, I pray you'd be with us in every which way. God, I pray that you would bless our giving as we, uh, as we give it. I pray that you'd bless our church as we move into the future, God, and I pray that you would draw near to each one of us as we seek you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, again, group leaders that are doing the sermon questions, I don't know if the questions in the bulletin are good, but find some good things to talk about today. And uh, groups will start at about 11. Don't forget those connect cards and the offering containers are on the way out as well. Hope you have a grand day.